Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of Day 4 with the man, Frank Scalish. <laughs> never gets old, Matt. It never gets old. <laughs> no, and uh, neither does wearing the Cleveland Browns garb while they are, uh, they're div- are they a division leader or a wild card right now? They're no, we, we are guaranteed in the playoffs right now. Guaranteed in yes, the playoffs. It's, it, it's been a minute, hasn't it? Holy smokes, dude. It has been. Congratulations. Yes. Oh, I didn't do it, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, a weird thing with sports how everyone's like, oh, okay, you know what I mean? Like, really, you have absolutely no bearing on whether your your team does well or not. Like, there's nothing you do. You just sit back, unless you're Alabama, in, in which case you're donating the NIL money, and then right. you can feel like you're right. a small part, maybe, of getting a guy there. But, you know, for the most part, you just sit back, watch, and then, take all the glory for something you had nothing to do with. Exactly. Well, the glory has been a long time coming. Trust me. Um, Cleveland sports is uh, one of nail biting, heavy drinking, and a lot of swearing. (laughs) Are we talking about tournament bass fishing or football? We have both. (laughs) (laughs) I said that pretty much. You just summed up the last five years of my yeah, <laughs> my fast master open experience there, Frank. Hundred percent, dude. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's really crazy. Um, y- you know, it's really crazy because any professional sport, um, you have your ups and downs, you have your adversity, you have things you totally cannot control. Um, just like bass fishing, you have variables that are so beyond your control it isn't funny. Um, and then you have variables that you can control and, and, and with all professional sports, the, the more controllable variables that you can take hold over, um, the better you're going to do. Uh, that's just the bottom line. It's, it's the variables that get away from you that screw you up, you know? Um, and it happens, it happens in every sport there is. That's a great transition because one of the uh, controllable variables in tournament fishing, fun fishing, bass fishing, any type of fishing is organization time. and having and time having well having what you need when you need it. And I consider what we're going to talk about today kind of like the transmission of your truck. Like it's not a very sexy thing. You're not going to see it, but it's very critical in getting you from point A to point B, and that is terminal tackle. A hundred percent. Terminal tackle is the most important thing we have because in every bait that we throw, everything that we do, there's terminal tackle involved. Um, and the the thing that the if you want to talk about tournament fishing and then and then here look it doesn't even have to be tournament fishing if you're if you're a weekend guy and you only have one day a week where you can go fishing um the last thing you want to do is waste time you you want to be as efficient time-wise as you can and and matt can attest to this everything in my boat is labeled and organized so when you open the compartment lid you see at a glance what everything is so the biggest in my in my ocd mentality the biggest issue that i had was terminal tackle because how are you how do you how do you put it you know how do you organize it are we gonna 
we got, you know, today we have, you know, Demiki rigs, Ned rigs. We've got all kinds of systems that we use to fish with, and each system has its own set of terminal tackle. Mm -hmm. So, so what I have done was I have a tiny box for Demiki rigs a tiny box for Ned rigs. And th this is all terminal. It's not soft plastics. It's all terminal. And then my real terminal tackle, slip sinkers, crane swivels, split rings, rattles, hooks, worm hooks, you know, swim bait hooks, et cetera, et cetera, go in a different box because that's the one I'm in the most. Um, it's real easy if you set a Demiki system up because you have your Demiki box with your swim baits that you're going to throw or your forward facing uh, sonar minnows that you're going to throw. And then you have a separate little box with all the different size weights of heads and hook sizes. Mm -hmm. Pizza cake. That's easy. Terminal tackles a pain in the ass. So, <laughs> so, so here, the first thing, <laughs> sorry about that, a pain in the butt. So no, the, no, no, it really is. It a hundred percent is. There's nothing worse than opening your terminal tackle after you've been on the water and you've either been in rough water or it's raining or you traveled and you're like, I know I've got it. I have no idea where the hell it is or it's rusty or it's the wrong oh, size yeah. or it's not sharp. Before you dive into it, though. Well, I want to. Uh, okay, go ahead. We'll do a, okay. do, a, do, a sidebar to the sidebar. Your sidebar first. Okay, so my sidebar first. So this I, this just happens to be my rattle bait box. Okay. Oh. It's very, it's very, you know, rattle bait. Very uh, organized. Very organized. Okay, so if I were to accidentally drop this box on the floor and it should open up and the rattle baits go everywhere. I'm irritated because I got to pick them all up, but it's easy to put them back in the box they go in. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if I drop my terminal tackle box on the floor, oh, someone's getting murdered. This is a problem because <laughs> this, this will take you a decade and a half to reorganize and to go through everything. And so we'll get into that. But what's your sidebar? No, let's do a sidebar to the sidebar to the sidebar. You have the rattle baits there. Are we, uh, we're re recorded today. I had some business to attend to in relation to BTL. So it was a last minute recording for the uh, January 4th show. We're very right. close to January 4th. <laughs> it's it's January 3rd, actually, when we're recording 3rd. this. But uh, are they, are we, is lure net? Let me get this straight. Let me make sure I don't. Let the, ch the chicken hatch before the egg. That's not the saying. The egg before the chicken. What came first? That's not the right saying, isn't it? You don't no. want the chicken to hatch before. No, because the egg has to hatch before the chicken. If it anyway, isn't there some new? <laughs> you better. Are just... there some new XR? Are there some new rattle bait series coming out? Yeah, hard knockers and one knockers. So if you guys remember a, a while ago, probably a year ago, to be honest with you, probably a year ago today. Um, they came out with the, with the new colors in the Booyah hard knocker, one knocker hit it out of the park. The colors are fantastic. One of my favorite colors is called graffiti craw. Yes. You have talked about that. Right. Probably so this, 10 times on the show. Absolutely. So this color here is, is bad to the bone because it's got an oil finish on it. It's a crawdad representation. So what they did was, well, what we did, 
I guess, not they, we, um, came out with a series. It's going to be called the Graffiti Cross series. Oh. And it's a bunch of different colors in the Graffiti Cross, which is, dude, they're so bad to the bone. And here, look, this is a recorded show. So I can't show you the colors. But when this show airs tomorrow or today, if you're watching it now, well, they January, are watching it now, January 4th. Okay. Yeah, they are. Nobody's watching. <laughs> you can't watch it unless you're watching it, Frank. <laughs> okay. So now I'm, I'm so confused. So go on LureNet after the show and check them out because there's a whole slew of colors. And let me tell you something. They are fantastic are they all similar to the the one graffiti craw that's available right now okay. just different hues so there's blues and reds and all sorts of different colors yeah so they're all very similar um to this but there are different colors so here's what here's what you got to realize this is painted on a crawdad carapace a what the shell a the what sh the carapace that's what you that's what the crawdad shell is called. So so the outline of this is the outline of, you know, a crayfish basically. How do you spell that? C A R A P A C E. So the shell the shell the shell design is there. So we were after we after we did this color because this this, right. this color here, okay, actually represents a bait fish as well. So we changed some of the belly colors on this bait here. So it can be a crossover bait. So you've got a, you've got a bait fish pattern. You've got craw patterns. Really sweet. It's a really sweet system because this basically can eliminate a lot of other rattle baits that you carry by going to a series so you can lighten the load, basically. Um, because there's a lot of colors that go both ways. So it's a really neat system. You got to check it out. I, I, I wish for my sake, I can pull the colors up because I love them. And so, but, but you can pull them up when you watch this today, you can pull them up and you'll see them all. You weren't kidding. No, I wasn't kidding, dude. The I, hard upper shell of a turtle crustacean or arachnid. There you go. Something regarding a protective defense covering. See that? Oh, well, this is in relation to under her carapace of self-confidence. She was very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> so is this is my carapace right here. <laughs> you're, very, you're very sensitive underneath. That's right. That's right. So, okay, yeah, so yeah, so you gotta you have to check them out because I like I don't get excited. Well, no, actually, that's not true. I do get excited. You get excited every every Thursday. Every Thursday, yeah, very but, excited. But I, but I absolutely love, love, love the graffiti. I think I'm, uh, I'm slowly learning what Lurenet's New Year's resolution was. Just badass colors in everything that catches fish. Yeah, well, that's exactly right. Um, you know, the beauty part about the beauty part and I, now i'm now i might be getting into some troubled waters here but it's proprietary information yeah but the beauty just part, just let it fly the beauty part about what because i design a lot of the colors and and i did not do the graffiti craw unfortunately i didn't do it 
because I wish I did it. That's how much I like it. But um, with the advent of social media, Bass Talk Live Day 4, um, we collect. we can collect data now. And so what we do is um, we see, you know, what's working, what's not working, um, what guy, what lures guys gravitate towards, whether it's lures we make or not. Um, I follow everything that has to do with lures um, because I want to see trends in the market. I want to see trends in fishing. Mm-hmm. Um you know, new techniques. I study new techniques, uh, just like with the forward facing sonar that we talked about last week. It, it was, I've never had it before. So now I need it because I want to learn everything I can about it because now we're talking about new lures. And so when I went, to, when I did the crappie game with Matt, I learned how to do the, the crappie thing. Well, when I got my forward facing, um, I started crappie fishing with it to get better at bass fishing with it. Um, not, not using it like I'm a, I'm a scoper. Um, I just use it to enhance what I'm doing. But what I learned was that there are certain lures that would lend themselves way better to what we're doing. And so I actually created some already and they're going into production as we speak. Um, so this is why it's important for me to be up on everything, always trying the new stuff and, and really staying on top of our game. And so that's, you know, that's anyway, that's the color, that's the color game, the lure game, et cetera, et cetera. But the graffiti craw, fabulous, absolutely 100% fabulous. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to when the colors break which is now, if you're watching this, I'm looking forward to when the colors break because I got to get my hands on them um, because I can eliminate probably. Do they not just pre-send you that stuff? Like I would think they'd be like, here's what's dropping. Here's six of each color. Well, I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed to always get colors in advance. Now, when I paint them myself, I, I, I paint them for myself. So I don't have to wait till they go to production because sometimes here, look in today's day and age, sometimes, you know, I'll design something and you guys won't see it for two years. Yeah. And so, but I need it to, to fish it, to get content with it. Plus everything that I paint, I fish with to make sure it's working or it doesn't go in the system. So, you know, so it's important, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was supposed to get them, but, um, I didn't get them yet. I'll probably, I'll, be on probably, the horn. I'll probably get them tomorrow. <laughs> I'd say a half dozen of each color of both the FX. Well, you've got the FX colors. Oh, I have the FX colors. colors. Yeah. I painted those. I mean, the real question now is when are they going to come out with new colors of the throw pillows? I'm, I'm, you know. <laughs> I'm you tired have- of looking at only the threadfin shad of the spit and image. Can we get a, can we get a couple, can we get some more colors in the throw pillows? Frank? Yeah. We're going to put the throw pillows in the FX colors. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. That would, that would probably, that would be insane, but I totally made that up off the top of my head. So don't expect it. <laughs> now they're going to have to, there's going to just be a demand. Uh, all right. Can we go back to terminal tackle? 
Yeah. So, holy cow. We're on side. We're on sidebars on sidebars on sidebars. So I wanted to, before you actually dove into it, I know when I was younger, I would hear the term terminal tackle and I knew kind of what it involved, but, but just a, a quick and dirty explanation of what terminal tackle is. So tackle attached to the end of a fishing line that gets cast out along with the bait correct is referred to as terminal tackle it can include hooks leaders floats sinkers feeders swivels and attached snaps and or split rings sometimes the term the rig is used for a specific assemblage of terminal tackle yeah so that's what terminal tackle is like the the rogue is tackle everything that is attached to the rogue is terminal tackle correct split rings hooks that's so there you go i don't so know if that even needed to be explained but but we did it and you did a marvelous job i read uh wikipedia okay perfect so in my terminal tackle box this goes with me everywhere i go if i go with fishing with frankie or a buddy of mine this box goes with me always um because it has it has all my slip sinkers my carolina weights my plastic beads my glass rattles my jig rattles um it has everything in it it's got every all the hooks worm hooks treble hooks etc etc and so this is what it looks like so what i have here and 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 this is no no plug on anything i'm not sponsored by anything here um do not drop this no i can't i'll break my computer it weighs 100 pounds so this is a 3700 box only with half the depth so if i here i'll compare it let's do a comparison so this so you see it's not it's not this it's not the same yep. fatness but it's got a lot of compartments so here we go we're gonna go through every one of those this is this is the I hate the terms overused, but this is the juice. It's got a lot of compartments, and you can see everything is labeled. So there's no room for error. Now, these these are my – I'm on the wrong side of the box. Where I hate am I? when that happens. Because uh, it's reversed on my screen. These are my little tiny slip sinkers, yep. 3 seconds, 1 16th, 1 8th. So, so everything's labeled. I've got my, um, all my worm hooks are down here. My treble hooks are here, here, this line here. So I got two, four, five, six. And then here I've got five and eights of a different brand treble hook, size five and size eight. Um, everything is labeled, all my slip sinkers my slip sinkers start here and go here and then up here. And then I've got my barrel weights for Carolina rigging up here and here. Um, I have my rattles, my beads, my swivels. And then here in, the, whoop, in, this, in this one here, I'll have my drop shot hooks, wacky rig hooks, micro swivels, um, speed clips. And then I've got in, in then in here I've got some sneaky underspins, um, just so if I grab this and I forget them, I got them with me. So I'll have my Great Lakes finesse sneaky underspins here. But I have Great Lakes finesse boxes set aside with 
their mini tube heads, their ball heads, and their underspins. But I put I put a half a dozen in here just so if I forget them, I've got them in here. Not now that the you know now that the forward facing sonar game is taking effect, I got to make sure I have a few items in my terminal box that can get me by if I forget something. But this is this is it. I mean, this if I dropped, if you knew how much this little skinny box weighed, you guys would lose your mind. So the, and then and you see these things in here, mm -hmm. this circle and this circle here. Yeah. Can, can so, we crack? A, can we crack that open? Yeah, this is going to be tricky. For, I, for those listening on iTunes, what Frank has done is he has just taken a Sharpie with a fine point and written on the front of the box exactly what is in that compartment right so let me let me show you what i did i actually took scotch tape oh. and I, I put the scotch tape down oh. then i write on the scotch tape and then i take another piece of scotch tape and put it over it so it doesn't smear it can't get it doesn't uh, wipe off it doesn't get yeah. rubbed off and then if you want to change what's in that compartment you just I peel just off the scotch it. boy that is 100 has anyone ever called you a genius before frank well, I think that's easy for me because I am a genius. I believe I believe that should have been a shirt of ours. <laughs> should be classic drop on the uh, on the Frank Scalish exclusive merchandise, large mouth, small mouth, spotted bass, and uh, just some generic apparel as well. So, all right, let's crack open the terminal box because I do see it's not just haphazardly tossed in there. It is. Oh, geez, oh, you're making me nervous now. You don't you don't have to do that. I mean, you could just show gonna attempt it oh my gosh you're making me nervous That's how very far could we go all right like you said the first thing i notice in that are the little white deals right so those are those things from pill boxes that stop everything from rusting i wish i wish i could remember his name he was a btl listener who sent that did he send him to you too yeah he sent him to me too he is a Great BTL listener. I can't remember his name. He's I, use him in, I use him in mine too. Shoot me if if you're if that's your uh deal, shoot me a DM either at Matt Pangrak on Instagram or Matt at Basson.com. I want to make sure we give you credit because you sent you sent a couple of packs of those uh moisture it's wicking. Money. It's money. Yeah, I tried to read it, but it it doesn't say on it. Um but they're, money. they're worth, yeah, you need to buy them. If you have a terminal tackle box, they go in because they fit in the small. And then if you're using the stuff like the original ones, like they come in beef jerky or they come in like pill bottles or something, right. uh, they the hooks get stuck in them. So you see, I got drop shot weights in here, slip yep. sinkers, everything. Um, all my treble hooks are in order by size um, from number one, number two, four, five, six, all the way to, to eight. Um, not that I use a lot of eights, but some of the smaller baits will might take an eight. Um, so I don't have that many in there. Ooh, I'm so glad I looked at that. I'm going to make you open it again, though, because there's a couple other things in there. All right. I'm going to open it, but but I got to clip the lid back on. Okay. Okay. I also noticed like a lot of the comp the weight compartment, everything seems to be fairly full. Is that why you use a half-sized uh plano instead of a full size one so it moves around less it moves around less and they're easier to pick up okay 
Um, the, the reason I have so many of everything in here is because a lot of times, like if Frankie comes with me fishing, I'll just tell him, don't bring nothing. Just bring your rods. Okay. I got, I got enough for both of us. Um, and so, because, because rather than, and some of my non-boaters, when I fish Bassmasters, they would say, what, what do I need to bring? And I would say, I'd give them a, a little list of lures to bring. And I'd say, if you, you know, if you got, don't worry about all your terminal tackle, I'll have enough for both of us. Um, because, you know, it's, it's a pain in the neck for a non-boater to have to bring everything. Um, which is, which is why this box here is so important to me because this goes with me everywhere I go. No matter. And you have bags inside of the box too. I noticed there was yeah. some stuff that, so you're actually. Uh, so here, so let me show you. Uh, okay. So I'll just do this real quick. So, so I have little plastic bags. So what's yeah. in a what's in a plastic bag so for one um, my norman speed clips because if these are loose you'll never find them so the speed clips are in a bag then what i do with my for example like my slip sinkers um well these are drop shot weights but for, so for my drop shot weights it goes in a bag these are in a bag because they're lead my other ones are tungsten but okay. it'll have the weight on them three eighths on the bag so i don't get confused the other thing that goes in the bag are my hooks my worm hooks let me grab and these oh. are uh would you call those <clears throat> gotta be careful here uh jewelry bags they're pill bags yeah they're pill they're, bags. they're pill bags that you could get at cvs oh you can buy those at cvs yeah so so oh it does it says it right there cvs health yeah so, Pill so th these are three ot mustad ultra points that everybody hates that i use so that did you get a lot of pushback on that oh yeah i did but i don't care because i don't lose fish so if you guys all that are losing fish haha -ha. <laughs> is that them right there yeah that's exactly it a cvs disposable pill pouch a must-have for anyone who needs to make medication on the go or organize their terminal tackle these pouches are easy to use it can hold up to 50 pills making them perfect for everyday use yeah and they have the white spot on them so you could write on them and label them okay they're five bucks for 50 of them yeah so it seems like a pain in the neck but it's not because it keeps everything together so like in my Great Lakes finesse, my my sneaky underspins, I just put in a Great Lakes bag because it folds nice. And then instead of having, if those come one to a pack and you want to carry three in this case with you, you'll open two, put them in one pack. And then That's instead right. of having three packs, you just have the one. 100%. So you're downsizing for ease of. 100%. And so, yeah, so. You know, so that's that's kind of the the way I do the hooks. But every every single hook, except for my trebles, my tre my treble hooks are raw. They're just dumped mm -hmm. in the thing and labeled. Um, my weights are my Carolina weights are not in a bag. They're just three quarter ounce. And run through in your terminal tackle box what weights of weight you are carrying with you because this is your everyday use terminal tackle box. So okay. run through the types of slip sinkers, 
and Carolina rig weights that you're going to have with you every time you hit the water? Okay, so the Carolina rig weights are easy. Um, I have one ounce, three quarter, and three eighths for Carolina rigs. Um, Okay. Slip sinkers is a little much. I've got one ounce for punching, three quarter ounce for punching, and then I have halves, three eighths, five sixteenths, one quarters, three sixteenths, and then in one little square, I've got three thirty seconds, one sixteenths, and one eighths. So you carry all of them. Yeah, and here's why: because uh, because there are times, and 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 I think what we should do um, is do a uh, Texas rig show. Ooh, that'd be old school and fun. Right. But we need to because um, there's times when weight matters. So, so for example, the reason I carry all the sizes of slip sinkers is because generally speaking, when I'm throwing um, toad style baits, like, like a tip toad or a horny toad, um, those kind of baits, I'll put a 332nd, a 116th, or a 18th ounce slip sinker in front of it and peg it. It holds the frog in the water better, keeps it in the water better. So when the bass blows up on it, less likelihood of it flying out. The other thing it does is if a bass misses it and I kill it, it sinks the frog and they hit it on the fall. So, so that's why I got the little ones. The other reason is because there are a lot of times when you're fishing a, a, a dinger, you know, a five inch dinger or a, a finesse, a, you know, six and a half inch finesse worm or a, a zoom trick worm, especially in South, like Santee Cooper, the light slip sinker is money. And it's up to you to figure out how light you need. Noted. And so that's what I'll do. I'll, I'll usually start out with an eighth. Okay. And then, and then because Florida is notorious for this guys, um, Florida is absolutely notorious for the lightest slip sinker you can possibly get away with. Um, and so you don't know how light they want it based. It's all predicated on the fall, the height of your grass, or in Santee, more often than not, you're pitching it against cypress trees, the base of cypress trees. So you don't want it to go, boom. you want it to just lazily, you know, lazily do its thing down there like a snake or a salamander or something. Okay. Um, so that's why um, slip sinker rigs, most of the time I'm on a quarter ounce for Texas rigging baits. Even if I'm pitching and flipping, I like the lighter one. The, the lightest I could get away with, but the thickness of the cover, how strong the wind is, that's going to dictate what you need. Because yeah, we need a show of this. We need to do just a right. Show. So we're going to do a whole we're going to do a whole slip sinker show because it's very detailed. Like you'll notice that some guys go out and they're they always seem to catch them on something Texas rig, no matter what. And then you might go out and throw a Texas rig and you're not catching anything or maybe one or two where they're catching piles of them. Um, it's all, I guarantee you a hundred thousand percent. It's It's, it's based on the size weight they're using and their line diameter because it's all on the rate of the fall. 
And so we'll, it's very detailed. So I think we are definitely going to get okay. into it. How many of those do you carry in each one? Cause that's the other thing I run into also is if I've got 30 half ounces, how many do I need to have in the boat with me? Because that's weight. I mean, if you're a co-angler, you don't want to be lugging 30 pounds of no. tungsten or lead down, but how many do you feel comfortable with okay, having so in the boat? If I'm, if I'm fishing a tournament, I'll have at least a dozen. Of, of what of, you of plan any, on using or of everything. What I, of what I plan on using. I'll have a dozen or more. Um, if I'm in a tournament, if I'm punching, you don't need that many punch weights. Yeah. Because you're if you break a punch weight off, you got an alligator. You know what I mean? <laughs> you're not you're just not breaking a punch. You're not breaking 50 or 60 pound braid. You're just not mm -hmm. doing it. Um flipping and pitching's a different issue because if you're if you have to use lighter line, you're gonna get breakoffs um based on zebra mussels or the type of debris you're fishing. Okay. Um, so I'll carry more of the smaller sinkers. I carry way more of than the bigger ones. Now my, my barrel weights for Carolina rigging, I load them to the top as many as you can fit in as many as I could fit in, because if you're out of those, you aren't Carolina rigging. And so I make sure that I have plenty of those. Those are, uh, several compartments that I can store miscellaneous things in. In my yeah. boat, I don't have a Carolina rig box. Yeah, well, <laughs> carry zero Carolina rig weights with me. I will if I if I have ever and it has happened one time. I just Carolina rig with my punch weight. Yeah, and you can do that. I've done I mean, it's that. a ten dollar Carolina rig weight, but <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, uh, you know, truth be told, all my Carolina rig weights are tungsten. Yeah, just for feel. I want that. I want to feel everything. I want to know what, if that's in mud, if it's on sand, gravel, rock, wood, whatever. Uh, okay. Uh, you mentioned several different types of, or several different sizes. You said micro, but barrel swivels. Uh, talk about what barrel swivel you like and then how many different sizes. And do you, are you familiar enough? I'm always confused as to Crane can swivel. you have a too big barrel swivel or can you have one that's too yeah. small or oh, what is yeah. the breaking strength of them? I mean, is there anything that a barrel swivel can actually help you catch more fish? Yeah. Crane swivels are tricky. What's the difference between a barrel swivel and a crane swivel? Well, they're probably the same They're You're just calling them something different. So nah. here's, here's the micros. They're tiny. Yep. And what are you using those for? Um, I'll use those sometimes for drop shotting between the leader and the line, um, floating worms okay. from the leader and the line. Spinning rod applications, light line where you're going to get line. Yeah. Down. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to go, I'm not going mental on it because you can't. Do you know what size those are? I think they were number eight, eight micro swivels. If I'm not mistaken. And then here's the funny part about this whole thing is I can't find my big ones. I'm blaming Oh, here they are. Oh, I got them. I got them. And then these are my, my big size ones um, that mm -hmm. I use for Carolina rigs and in front of super spooks and stuff like that. All right. these, I'm assuming and, that's a different box. You did not pay $20 and 25 cents for that. No, bag. no. I don't know what the hell was in this bag. It's probably something for fly tying. Oh, okay. But, um, yep. but that's, but that's what they are. 
And so, and so that's, you know, and then again, I got here, I'll show you an example. Cause I got a loose one. This, this is how big it is. All right. And then you're it, good to go on your, it's small. Yeah. It's not small, small, but it's, it's got, I forget the breaking strength, but it's, I've never broke one of these in my life ever. So I think it's a size. Hell, I don't even remember. But it, but anyhow, but compared to the micro swivel. Oh, compared to the micro swivel. Yep. Yeah, it's like twice the size. Yeah, it's it's magnum. Okay. But yeah, and then and then my plastic beads, which I always adjust only... your uh, adjust your little mic thing on the side. I'm getting a little crackling all of a sudden for some reason. Oh, because it's rubbing against my my hoodie. Yeah, there you go. But um, for the plastic beads, I load it up, and then I also have my you know bobber stops in there. Also. Okay. So pretty basic, but that's a really good. Uh, that's a really good. Just a basic system that stays in the boat 24-7, 365. If you're co-angling, that's the same one that you take with it. It goes right back in the boat. You spend five minutes at the end of every trip, restock what needs to be, organize what needs to be, and that's a massive headache that you no longer have to deal with then. 100%, and everything's right there. Um, you know, I, I, wanted a, I wanted a seal-proof box that won't let any moisture in. But they don't make it with enough compartments for yep. me. And then the other thing I found out with the seal-proof boxes, if you open that thing in the rain and then you close it, you sealed all the water in it. And everything is going to get demolished. So you're better off, you're better off with a breathable box that you can put those, you know, moisture-wicking cylinders in there. Um, to keep the moisture out. And truth of the matter is, since I've been using those, I don't have any more rust issues. Yeah, um, there was zero rust. That's the other thing. If you get rust in your terminal box, are you chucking? Are you starting over? Mm-hmm. 100,000% because if you ever look at a rusty barb on a hook, it's going to break right off. The barb's going to come right off and you're essentially fishing barbless. And because it's a sliver of a piece of metal that comes up that's the first thing that rusts that and the, the hook point itself rusts um, and once the hook point starts to rust it won't hold the point anymore you could resharpen it yeah. but what happens is instead of it being a nice thin needle point now you're starting to make it more like a chisel and and it doesn't penetrate as easily so what do you do if it's raining and you need a barrel swivel or a number three three odd EWG. Like how do you keep your turn? This is my biggest thing. I've had immaculate terminal tackle boxes. I probably go through one a year. That's the problem. Like, right. That's a huge problem. And so how is, do you have any tips or tricks yes. on how to keep the rust out, how to keep the moisture out when it's in, when you're in a rain? Yeah. A lot of my hooks, except for my treble hooks are all in Ziploc bags. Oh, okay. And so then what I do is when I open my compartment lid, I don't open the lid. I open it so it's, you know, like that. And I kind of crawl inside and just get what I need out, close the box, close the lid. Um, if like in the tournament situations, when I was 
fish and bass masters, a lot of times you're fishing and it's a torrential downpour. So then what I'll do is if I'm flipping and pitching and I know, let's say I'm throwing a lizard and I'm using a two-aught hook, I'll put, I'll put a Ziploc bag with about five two-aught hooks in my pocket, my, my front pocket. Because I was thinking that that might be <laughs> You, you know, that's really good, except when you start running down the lake, if you forget to take it off. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking the oversized umbrella hat while you're working on terminal tackle in the rain might be, it might be worth the, uh, 1247. Yeah. Like, like on some events, when we, when we get to the hotel and it's pouring like a madman, um, I'll go to a, a building that's got an awning in it and pull under the awning. Now you can't do a gas station cause they need the pumps, but sometimes banks are closed and they have the drive through awning on them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's well, a good idea. You know what I mean? If I, if I, if I didn't want to bring everything to the room, what I have started doing is carrying a cheap hairdryer with me when I'm on the road. Like, let's say I've got back-to-back -back opens and, you know, this. If I have a day where it practices and I get the stuff wet, I'll just plug the hairdryer in and take the boxes inside and yep. dry them out that way. Yeah. You have to get them, you have to get them dried out. Um, I had a spinnerbait box um, with all my handmade spinnerbaits in them. And um, you don't have it anymore. No, they got wet. I didn't realize it. And um, at the end of the season, when I was taking everything out to put them in the basement and opened them up, I was livid. Yeah, I was livid because I had, you know. And the other thing is never put a jig away or a spinnerbait or right. a chatterbait. Never put it away with a plastic trailer still attached to it. Uh-huh. Because everything we have is salt impregnated today. And the salt accelerates the oxidation process. I will say uh, I'm a huge, well, pretty much a huge War Eagle spinnerbait guy. Fabulous. But man, you get them out of the package and you throw them for a day. And if you don't take care of them, they're a one-day spinnerbait. If you take yeah. care of them, if you dry them out, if you make sure that all the moisture is out of the, the swivels and the hook and the skirt is dry, They'll last you a long time, but you have to take care of those war eagles or else. Yeah. In, in actuality, you have to take care of all of them. Yeah. Um, you know, because the problem is, is the, the spinnerbait beads are hollow with a hole in them. They hold moisture. Your ball bearing swivels. Mostly what rusts on them is the split rings, um, the split rings and, and like like um some of the the booyah covert series with the um hildebrandt blades mm -hmm. those blades traditionally they're not going to rust on you but what does is eventually is the split ring because think about this the blade is into into the split ring the blade spins and wobbles and clings and clangs and it takes all the finish off those split rings and so what happens is then they're superbia. They're not, you know, they, they can rust um, because they get worn out. It's like scratching your car. You scratch your car and eventually it's going to rust because there's no more protective coating on it. 
So you're talking right about like right in there. Right in there. That's traditionally that that's where all the rust starts. And then if you leave your trailer on the hook, that's where the next set of rust starts. That's why it's important to always remove your trailer. No matter what, even if it's not raining out, take that trailer off because you'll get condensation or moisture based on temperature changes and that trailer is impregnated with salt so it leaches out of the soft plastic and it's on your hook and it's surrounding your hook and that'll be the first thing to rust always no matter what what else you got dude nothing man i i you know i i'm showing everybody how ocd i am do you put your hook points all the same way yeah you think that's important so that they don't bang against or is that just a frank scalish thing it's just a my thing so when i grab one out i don't grab 30 at one time the problem the problem is my treble hooks um i used to put i used to put a pipe cleaner through them mm -hmm. and then twist it one time and have them all nice and neat but that can't last it does it just doesn't last and then the metal from the pipe cleaners cheap metal and it rusts the first thing to rust so i quit doing that um my treble hooks i pack to the rim so they don't move around in the box because as they, they vibrate and oscillate you could dull a hook point so i don't i pack them in so they're not you know fl sloshing around Slip sinkers don't matter. Nothing's going to break on a slip sinker. Worm hooks, I put the hooks all the same way. Ziploc, squeeze the air out, ziplock it shut, fold it over, and put it in the thing. Uh, I am not questioning you by any means, but I do feel like I have a better system for storing the treble hooks. Fire away. Super thin, slits in that. That's the G-Box by gamagatsu and then you can just put all your treble hooks in each slot it is also waterproof and then they do not move at all ever and it's super slim and you can just put you could put pieces. a million of them in that box yep yeah i like that box for my flies dude yeah you you have the do you have do you have any of these yeah i do i put my i tie my like all my uh redfish and tarpon flies go in boxes like that that's how i keep my troubles yeah that's money but that now I'm carrying. Now I got to carry two of these yeah. instead of one. You yeah. know what I mean? No, I hear you. It's I'm nice trying to have everything to... all in one. Then when you go right. fishing, you got to carry that one. No, right. I'm with you. You know what I mean? I'm with you. See hooks and sinkers. <laughs> yep. But yeah, because because the the thing I, the thing I wanted to eliminate with terminal tackle was the use of multiple containers. Yeah, and especially if you're a kayak guy. That's a beautiful system because you have one box and everything's there and you don't have all the little things Dude, floating around I, the yak with you. If I was a kayak guy, I would be horrified to have this in my kayak. Oh, just because of how much it weighs? Well, no, because you're sitting it on your lap to open it up to get something out. And if you Oh, have, those guys are used to that. They have like tethers for their phones and they're always on the verge of catastrophe. Yeah, that would just wig me out, man. <laughs> Hold that uh, terminal tackle box up one more time. Just the front. Make sure everything's closed. We closed. We closed. We good. We're good. We're locked. Stock right. and barrel. I like it. That's a good looking terminal tackle box, Frank. 
everything you could possibly want terminal tackle is right. I'd say 75% of the things are inside of the little pill or plastic bags yeah. inside of the terminal tackle box. There's One. very few loose free floating items in there. Right. The only thing loose and free floating are my uh, drop shot weights and my plastic beads uh, and my treble hooks. Everything else is in a Ziploc. Those cool. little pill bags. And they're money, dude. They're worth the money. I mean, I buy them all the time. They're they're so worth it. Um, it keeps everything nut right there. Um, I do it for my ice fishing box, for my crappie box, everything. It's all right there. I'm all in on it. That's some helpful. Like I said, it's the uh, it's the transmission of your truck. Yeah, later this winter, though, we're going to do an in-depth slip sinker rig show. I think we need it. 100%. All right. Uh, Remember, guys, got to check this out Bef before you do anything today. After you watch the show, go check this out. How do they do that oil finish? Is that like proprietary stuff? Or do you are you even capable of doing that? Or is that some like yeah, I tech? Uh, no, the way they do this is way better than the way I do it it's it's a heat stamp basically and so you. so i have stuff that i can do oil finishes because i have to because i create them for them so um my my way of doing it is archaic it's not it's not the right way to do it um but i get away with it because i'm not doing tens of thousands of them i'm doing six you know what i mean but it's cool it's super, super cool. But man, this bait, I love this bait. <laughs> it does look pretty cool. It's so good. <laughs> Anyhow. You want to do it uh, next week, 8.30 a.m. Central Time? Live? Yeah. yeah, let's do it live. Who is that? I'm not not getting political, but it was Bill O'Reilly. who's like, well, do it live, right? I don't we'll know. Do it live. You don't remember that where he goes, we're doing it live. I don't remember that, but I I do. We'll just we'll do it live. <laughs> We're gonna do it live. But that's I, exactly <laughs> what he did. You know, you've never heard that. It's like famous. No, but that's where I got bloviate from. That's ah. where I. That's how I learned the word bloviate. What was the word that I learned today? Carapace. 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 It's always good to learn new words. <laughs> All right, this has been another edition of Day 4 with the man Frank Scalish, a terminal tackle show. As we get into the winter, it's a perfect time of the year. You sit down, you order the stuff, you get it in, you get in front of the TV. It's dark, it's cold, it's wintery out. Have the best-looking terminal tackle box in the league when you get out there the next year. Until the first day you use it. <laughs> All right, we will talk to everybody next week. See ya.